0: Hello, Mr. Nick Murray. How are you today? We're back uh, for an episode of um, a couple of drop kicks in the um, a podcast for Western Bulldogs football club supporters. How are you this this week, Nick?
1: Uh, I'm going okay, but it's uh, it's a bit of a struggle at the moment. This this whole ongoing lockdown situation with the extensions and and uh, now talk of percentages of the way that we only can get out now with with the jabs happening um, so it's a bit frustrating it's, but um, it's getting, it's
0: getting it, complicated it feels like trying to work out a percentage to get into the final eight at times
1: oh, yeah, it, it's it's almost going back to the um, was it the, the what's it called the McC- McC- McEntire, no no the McClellan trophy that's what it's going back to if you remember back in the oh, old days in the 80s and, and, and early 90s until they got rid of it where they sort of took all the different results that you got from the under-19s, the reserves and the seniors, did a bit of loading, bit of percentaging. Um, and, and a eventually.
0: couple of points taken off for bad behaviour.
1: That's true, all that type of stuff. And I think in the end, you're, you're a winner. So at the moment, we're t- still trying to figure out where we are. I don't know if we're, we're winning yet. But uh, we're getting pretty close to getting out, which is what we want, um, at least so I can go more than five kilometres from my place of residence.
0: So um, we've lost a chance to see the Doggies live. Um, we, uh, we we saw the spectacle of a game at Marvel again in front of an empty, empty crowd. And then uh, the Doggies had a home final down in Launceston, which um, oddly had more um, opposition supporters than doggy supporters at, at the game. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, a number of teams were having to fly to Perth uh, to make up. Um, spots in uh, uh, states where they can play in front of crowds So um, it's been a very odd couple of weeks um, But we've got an action-packed uh, um, episode tonight um, We've got uh, to cover the last round match against Port Adelaide uh, The stunning uh, comeback win against uh, Essendon Elimination Final um, and then a little bit of um, a little bit more um, of a bond watch in terms of some of the awards that come through at this time of season, and some um, some good good um, recognition of some of the great performances over the home and away season. Um, quick look at them, some AFL legends, and then um, I thought in the spirit of the finals campaign, we'd, we'd look at a recent um, doggies of uh, um, legends of Bulldogs past. Um, of a of a, a great a great player um, of the 2016 finals campaign, so a little bit to to look into, and then we've got to have a bit of a look at the, at the finals preview uh, with with Brisbane um, coming up in the semi-finals, so uh, a bit to cut a bit of ground to cover. Um, do you want to um, take us through um, the first first match at Port Adelaide? Um, a bit of a, a bit of performance for the doggies, but still um, racking up a third loss in a row.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. a sort of situation where we've had a couple of weeks where we just haven't quite been going too well leading into this game, and there was a lot on the line for this um, for this game for the Dogs. It was, you know, basically a top four spot or not a top four spot. The winner of this match was actually going to be getting a top four spot, and um, it's the the Port Adelaide side did come out to play. Um, absolutely, we had a couple of ends, which was which was quite. Um, um, I guess quite important for us as well. And also some form coming back to um, a couple of our um, players who have been returning from injuries. Uh, Adam Trelaw especially had sort of pushed um, to get a bit more consistency, which was great, which was great to see. Um, so it was, uh, yeah. What well, like I said, it was a bit bit tricky. Um, but how the game sort of started, Jase. Um, it was it was a very tight match, don't you think?
0: Yeah, the Doggies, the Doggies um, started um, with an interesting change, putting Lewis Young in the ruck, um, playing Team English uh, in, the, in the front six. Um, and um, certainly Doggies got off to a, a really stellar start with the Bont and Aaron Norton kicking the first couple of goals and then English soon after um, kicking a third. Um, um, certainly English was even lucky not to get a, get a fourth with some high contact for going for a mark a bit later in the quarter. Um, and then um, Josh Dunkley, who's improving um, week by week, um, came home with a fourth, um, fourth goal. And the Doggies had four in the run in, in the first 11 minutes. So um, in the empty stadium, the echoing stadium of Marvel Stadium, um, you could really hear the pressure and, and, the, and, and the, um, the work rate of um, both teams, but particularly Doggies in the way that they moved the ball, um, zigzagging across the ground. So it was a really great start. Um, But certainly, even though we had the ascendancy early, we certainly realised that uh, the power, uh, um, even though they wasted some shots on goal, would come back um, um, throughout the rest of the game. And and, um, that's how it played out. But, um, you know, one one goal to Connor Rosie and and the Doggies at the end of the first quarter, four goals up um, to one goal at quarter time. So um, a great start by the Doggies.
1: Yeah, and it was, and the uh, it was the pressure that we'd been missing for a couple of weeks. I think that movement coming out of the centre, and uh, it was was getting some you know, getting doggy supporters very excited. Um, going to the second quarter, Jason, what what do you think was the uh, sort of the telling moments of, of that one?
0: Um, well, I, listen, I, I think it's as I said, you know, we, we got we got the jump on on the power in the first quarter. They wasted some opportunities, but it was always the case um, that we would. Um, 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 have to battle battle with them um, to, to keep ourselves in front. Um, I thought, you know, Aaliyah, Aaliyah was um, 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 a, a dangerous, a dangerous uh, backman. Um, the Bont um, um, did a great bit of manoeuvring with Aaliyah earlier in a, in a contest um, um, to get, get the ball clearly to the doggies. Um, and although there was no goals kicked um, in halfway through the, the second quarter, it was a real, um, real tussle, uh, a real tight game between the two. Um, it was an um, inspirational goal by um, Jason Johansson running along the boundary into uh, the mouth of the goal and getting cleaned up the process, but scoring scoring a goal which really um, just gave us a little bit of breathing space into that late late part of the late part of the quarter. Um, so at halftime, you know, there's one goal scored the whole quarter, a really tight tussle, mm. um, but, but Port looked like they were starting to win the ball more. They were starting to put um, pressure on the doggies in centre contests and clearances. Um, but um, um, there certainly was um, um, a lot of pressure being put onto the play by both teams. So doggies um, up by, by um, a good margin at half time, but we certainly weren't counting our chickens at that point because we could certainly see that, um, you know, the Port Power kicking one eight in a half a footy. Um, you just got to be able to turn that um, accuracy around and then you're, you're back in the mix um, in a very tight contest.
1: Yeah, and, and that was that was the case really, I think, going into that half-time situation. There was that, that swinging pendulum um, sort of happening with the, with the dominants um, sort of coming through from the port. Uh, there, there was, a, um, even though it was a bit of a tussle, the, 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 the changeover to um, I guess the, the control of the midfield was just sort of starting to creep in um, with Ollie Wine sort of having a great go with that and um, and Robbie spoke yeah, yeah, and, and start to really look a bit uh, a bit dangerous. The um, how do you think um, thinking back about uh, about Louis Young going into into the ruck, how do you think that was sort of playing out um in that first half, Jace?
0: Well, I, I think you know he he's not he's not a you know a dominant ruckman of the uh, of the league by any any stretch, but um he was um putting effort into it. Um, we, we weren't winning the ruck contest, but it. Um, certainly making contest um, which is what um, our um, centre um, players need Um, and I think it it, uh, with the move of um, 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 English into the forward line opened up another forward option for us so um, uh, it was you know an inspirational move Um, and I think you know you've got to give credit for Young for uh, having a red hot go um, in the right contest so I think it worked for what what, what you know the, the purpose was which was just to make make the rock Rucks a contest Burford is always saying that he doesn't um, give much credence to winning the hit out um, you know hit out um, um, contests mm. um, and um, you know if anything you know young made it a contest but enough that the doggies um, in in the center have it a, had a red hot sh- a show in terms of contested footy getting it at clearing it out, out of the 50.
1: Yeah, and I think going into the um, the, where the third quarter, was starting to look that there was that sort of push um, again by Port, and they were just really starting to get their um, their their game playing going. But it was still another tight quarter for both teams. Um, it was.
0: But well, you had the experience: Robbie Gray, um, Travis, um, Travis boke, boke Ollie yeah. Wines, really coming into the game. Connor Rosie, um, so a number of goals from the powers. Yeah. Um, got them a little bit closer. They lost a um, key forward Mitch G- G- artist to a hamstring injury yeah. um, and he was subbed down. That's some um, real bad news for them. I'm not sure whether he'll get back while the remaining finals, but um, any hamstring industry is a, a, a real worry for a club. Yeah. Um, but um, then we had um, um, English and, and Vandermeer um, 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 putting us a little bit ahead in terms of um, the lead. So adding points, um, but then Travis Boat came back again and, um, um, there was a little bit of um, confusion with um, Tom Liberatore, um upsetting a mark um, and that sort of led to a, um, an end-to-end kick um, for another goal through to Laddams. Um, and then Lockie Hunt at the end of uh, in the final minute managed to um, steady the doggies. So um, um, 9-3, 57 to 6-10, 46, um, narrowing margin. Um, and certainly, you know, a big scoring quarter for... Um, for the power, so that um, you know, we've got a bit of a rev up at halftime from from the coach, and certainly put a lot more pressure around the ball, and um, started um, delivering cleaner ball into the forward line, and and, and a cleaner a- accuracy towards goals as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and going in, going to the final quarter, it was Port was having great control going into the forward line um, with a quite a. Almost doubled the amount of inside fifties compared to the dogs, uh, as as well as uh, sort of winning it in the clearances as well. So that was sort of a bit of a bit of a worry for the dogs going into there. But I think one of the good things that we were sort of, I guess, keeping the dogs in front was that accuracy, and that was something that we've been missing for um, a good couple of weeks. Uh, The the lack of lack of um, set shots in front of goals and and and. Coming through. Yeah,
0: with- yeah, that's right. That transition from the from the mids into the forward line it, yeah. um, has been poor for a number of weeks. Um, but um, dog is certainly turning around. And you're right to say that it looked for, looked at the, um, the power on top, um, in the key stats. Um, mm-hmm. But the dog is um, sticking in it in terms of um, making the most of their opportunities. Um, um, a goal um, towards the end of the quarter. Um, um, about, sorry, about halfway through the quarter, Amtralor put us about 15 points up, and and you could sort of feel a bit of. Relief that we'd sort of pulled away a bit, but um, you couldn't um, hold back. Port um, pop um, Power and Ollie Wines got got back in uh, back into the mix um, with one of his goals, and then um, Boke um, got a second, and then Robbie Gray got a third and uh, put it put him ahead with five minutes to play, and the doggies um, manfully trying to um, get back for the win, but just couldn't couldn't do it in the end. Even even um, um, Smith. Um, taking the ball to the forward line on the 50 with a, a scoring shot in the last um, dying seconds and uh, nearly a mark to Norton on the goal line, so um, a really good effort from the doggies. Um, got pipped in the end, and, and probably you'd give the you'd give the game to the power on on an overall performance and, and the key stats. They just look like they were stronger on the night, but the doggies didn't give up and, and put a lot of heart and a lot of effort into it. So really pleasing pleasing result for the doggies on the night, even though they. They lost, um, lost a game in the end.
1: Yeah. Um, so thinking back uh, that game, who, who stood out for you, Jase? I can see uh, McRae sort of came through with uh, twenty nine disposals, which is that under thirty. We don't like seeing under thirties from from uh, Jackson McRae. Uh, Dale with twenty five disposals and uh, disposal efficiency of eighty four percent. Smith with uh, with twenty five disposals and four tackles. Um, so who do you think really stood out uh, for you in this game? Out
0: of those three? Um, well, uh, well, I think McRae and, and Dale had, had good games. I think, um, you know, um, starting to see the doggies' um, mids starting to give more of the ball. Bond and Pelly um, was serviceable, 15 disposals in a goal, Liberatory, 17 disposals, um, including 11 contested possessions. So starting to work their way back into mm-hmm. the contest and starting to get those numbers that they had in the past. law was good again, starting to really pick up um, that sort of level of disposals and goals and contested possessions we've seen him do well through the early parts of the season. um, And DeRay was really good out back, 15 disposals and a couple of tackles and two goals to to English. So um, the Doggies, you know, um, uh, better effort on the night um, and certainly showing better signs than they'd showed in previous matches where they'd sort of really got a pasting in the mids. So working their way back into... Some of the better form that they displayed early on the year, so um, didn't come home with the bickies, um, but certainly um, uh, manfully um, worked worked um, their backsides off over over the four quarters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bonpelli was a little bit flat uh, this game, which is you know, not sort of not what we expect from him. He was, um, I think, something that we noticed in the last couple of weeks was that he was trying to sort of fill in the gaps and do some stopgap situations, which sort of affected his. Um, a play on the game, um, especially he's, he's, you know, going to the back line to try to stem any flow forward.
0: Um, well, I got a lot of attention too around the uh, contest as well, sort of, um, um, you know, a lot of attention from Boak or from Ollie Wines in terms of um, putting pressure on him and and um, tagging and, and um, working him over around the contests. Um, but, but, you know, um, you can't um, take anything away from his effort on the night, he, um, you know. Put himself in and, and, and tried to, um, to manfully pull the doggy's head. Um, I think if you look at the stats for the night, you, you see that um, Port Adelaide had more, more of the ball over the night, 394 uh, disposals to um, 334. Um, pleasingly contested possessions, we nearly break even. Um, disposal efficiency, we were good over 70 percent um, and the t- total clearances, we were getting closer to breaking even 28 to 35. Um, and then inside 50s over the night, um, 43 to 51. So um, making the most of, of the opportunities we had um, and, and putting in a, a stronger effort and, and trying to find a bit more of that form that's been lacking over previous weeks.
1: Yeah, and I think even though this was a uh, was a loss, but it was still, a, um, uh, I guess, a good turning um, moment for us. So having that um, that sort of slump that we had just coming into the finals, this was finals pressure, finals play that was you know in that sort of that sort of vein. Um I think really getting us woken up and, and ready for uh the finals campaign which which started for us uh down in uh, in Lonnie in Lonseston uh the following week with uh, with a game against Eston who ended up finishing eighth and we I guess with that loss, we did finish fifth. Um, so there were a couple of big uh, sort of two late changes that came through with that game, Jase, uh, with uh, Shaki and Gardner coming back in uh, from and coming up off from the emergency list. Uh, Zane Corney came down with a bit of an illness beforehand and uh, JJ was moved to the start in 22. It was a, a bit of an interesting sort of play there, I sort of think, with that, Jase. The, the, the weather wasn't in a good situation, um, down in Launceston, it was it was a, a very wet looking game, very wet looking ground. But having um, Shacky come in and, and have uh, have Ryan Gardner as well coming into the side, um, it was a bit of a bit of an interesting call, I think, from 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 the bot. Uh, well, um, I, I think
0: Bevo mentioned that they'd been watching the the forecast and they knew that it was going to come in for um, a change of weather. Um, but the problem was that Zane Cordy had come down with some some illness on the day and, and had, had to be subbed out so I think Gardner coming coming back in was That's a nice. good substitute for him I think um, Josh Shackey was a, um, a bit of a um, a novel um, placement um, up forward and um, at times taking the ruck contests um, and certainly um, again pointing out to the ethos of um, Bevo which is be be agile and be willing to move around the ground in different roles. So, Shacky, the, the reborn um, um, Backman um, in this game became a bit of a forward target for us as well.
1: A born again forward, you might call him, Jace.
0: Well, he's kicking goals, which is mm. uh, <laughs> great to see as well. So, and can take contested marks or take marks. So, um, yeah, it was um, a good performance. I, I think overall, for you know, what was a, a big win for the Dogs it was that there were no passengers um, in this game. So. Even though um, in previous games, when we talked about the teams working their way back into form, you'd have the top six or the top 10, you know, six or eight or 10 players who, you know, working their, their backsides off to get, um, get a lot of the ball and to use it well. Um, but I thought that there was a very even performance and, and some really good performances from people across the lines of the ground and the backs and the mids and, and the forward line. Um, and racking up a lot of a lot of the ball, it was a you know tight contest for the first couple of quarters, mm-hmm. um, but yes. the doggies um, were able to really break free in the second half and um, run away with the win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was always an interesting situation when you have a former player come up against you. We had Jakey Stringer on the other other side with the uh, red sash on, um, and that was a bit interesting. He sort of came out with a bit of. Uh, Bit of a bit of intensity uh, getting the first goal for the day and, and really uh, sort of routing up the, um, the Launceston crowd, which were fairly one-sided I would have to say. there weren't as many dog supporters down there but they, they those supporters did try to get a voice out there but um, it was they must a- have
0: let him out early from quarantine Nick I'm not sure what happened there but um, Jackie Stringer <laughs> was uh, um, uh, minded by um, our, um, our ex-captain. Um, mm. Eastern Wood on the day, and um, even though it looked um, a little bit concerning with his early goal, um, certainly um, Woody was able to nullify um, some of the really dangerous um, goal scoring and, and run and bustling and breaking out of um, contested areas that um, Jakey's been showing over over previous weeks. So um, although he kicked the first goal, um, certainly the Bombers squandered a number of different opportunities, mm. and, and even though he was um, accurate when he had opportunities. The rest of the team seemed to be um, Essendon seemed to be a bit nervous in uh, the first finals campaign for a lot of those young players. Um, certainly, really um, tough contest um, in, in the in the first quarter. Um, the Essendon um, seemed to be winning the ball out of the middle and had it um, in their forward fifty and were pressing the ball into the, um, their forward forward line and um, getting a lot of a uh, lot of the ball and tackling hard, but um, not making the most of the opportunities. It was um, our um, little hero, Cody Waitman, who um, um, actually turned things around for us in the first quarter with a couple of goals and um, seems to be a free, a free kick magnet um, in the right spot at the right time and getting the right free kick at the right time and the and kick truly uh, for, for a couple of goals. And then Mitch Hannon um, um, followed up soon after for another, for another goal, for a goal as well. So um, um, um the, uh, the, the goal from Waitman, the goal from Mitch Hannon put us back in the mix and put us a little bit ahead, and mm. Essendon weren't making the most of our opportunities, so 2-1-13 to 1-4-10 for a three-point lead in a quarter time.
1: Yeah, and that, that was it going into that second quarter. It was, again, uh, really uh, tough uh, weather conditions. The, the rain really um, sort of stepped up a little bit. Uh, it's been, it was being described by the, the commentators on the, on the day that it was uh, reminiscent of, uh, of days at, at the wit Noble with, uh, with the amount of rain and a bit of wind happening as well. Um, but uh, I don't think they really saw what the, the great quality of, of the Wet over was in those 80s and 70s and 90s.
0: It wasn't muddy enough, Nick. To be, no, it uh, wasn't. There was a grass, to, the Jake. There was grass. <laughs> you know, you're not
1: supposed to see grass on a on a, on a really wety da- wet day. Yeah. Um, well,
0: but, well, well, but before, but that said, before the before the rain came, you know, Essendon, some of those players were running, running on top of the ground. Darcy Parish was having a stellar first half. Um, and was really cutting us up in the middle and, and driving the ball forward. He kicked a, kicked a goal early in the second quarter. Um, but Aaron Norton um, took, took uh, advantage of what was a, a clear um, deliberate out of bounds to kick a goal around the body and, and just had a really good feeling about um, the dogs kicking straight on the day and mm-hmm. taking, that, taking opportunities compared to what uh, was happening with Estet where they weren't making the most of it. Um, but a real arm wrestle in the second quarter, a lot of um, lead changes um, yeah. And then the Doggies um, uh, kicking the next two goals through um, Shackie um, in his uh, um, return bout as a, a key forward um, and a marking key forward. Um, um, and then later on, um, um, there was uh, another Jake um, Jakey Stringer goal, um, his second for the day, but um, the Doggies were still in front by the same margin, three points at um, the halftime break, 5-4, 34 to 4-7, 31. And that sort of... Um, Inaccurate kicking was um, holding back um, um, Essendon, um, but um, Darcy Parish was just um, running right. Um, 16 disposals, uh, six clearances, um, a goal, um, um, and, a, and a goal assist in the second quarter alone. So um, a real um, tight tussle. Um, the rain was changing the conditions uh, for the rest of the match, but um, um, the third quarter, the doggies um, um, lifted a gear, and, and you see some of the reports that came out of... Um, Um, some of the the, you know the reports of what Bebo had to say at half time and and he talked about the amount of intensity of the dog he's brought to the first half and he asked them to lift again beyond that and they Mm -hmm. certainly came out in the third quarter and in the second half and lifted to another level Um, and certainly in a cutthroat final um, Essendon was found wanting.
1: Absolutely and I think that that's sort of the the difference between a a top four side which is what the dog's should be seeing themselves as being as opposed to a, a team that sort of did get into the finals. Well done for Essendon for doing that. But in the end of the day, we should be, you know, be able to, to, to take that ascendancy, which is what we did. Um, and the way that uh, the dogs sort of finished off that second half, uh, looking with um, I guess they could uh, wait when finishing off with four goals. Um, with, you know, we'll talk about the free kicks, I think maybe in a little moment, but um, with Waitman sort of doing, you know, what he needed to do, Shaki coming up again as well. Um, they just really sort of started to show this is how finals football is for you, uh, for you Bombers, and, uh, and you know, we'll see you at the other other end, I think, really. Um, I just just I did bring up about um, all the, the Waitman uh, free kick sort of, I guess, criticism he sort of got. Um, after the game. I don't think it was from uh, from people who know football. I think it was people who support footballs and barrack footballs, uh, footballing. So what do you think about all that, Jase? You got a bit of green?
0: Um, Well, I I think, you know, there's always a bit of chatter on um, social media and it was, um, you know, Eastern supporters um, looking for someone to blame apart from their own team for poor performance. Um, I think it ended up um, being um, highly publicised because it ended up at clickbait. Um, on news.com.au, so um, ended up as a story there. And they um, um, grabbed a few screenshots of some of the, the Twitter reactions. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it points to, um, you know, a, a little bit of ill discipline um, mm. and uh, a little bit of um, a poor performance by the Bombers. I mean, you, you've got to be careful with a short um, short player, which is Cody, a short forward, that uh, you're not sort of um, uh, taking him high. And, and um, you know, those, those frees were there, um, late hits, High tackles um, in wet conditions. Um, you know, um, you've got to um, tackle around the body and anything high. Um, the umpires are going to jump on. So, um, if you ha- have a look over the, the entire game, I think it's it's perhaps um, the, the differential in free kicks points to being second to the ball and then um, poorly tackling or. or yeah. um, I'm, and I'm, and I'm I think I think,
1: sure. I think also through that um, with, with some of the free kicks that were coming through. I think I remember the Devin Smith one with, with the rake over the eyes, and that was just sort of just just um, poor discipline. I think when you look at it in that way, it's it's just not um, understanding the the role that you have on the, on the ground, and just uh, and sort of trying to to push a bit of aggro when you just can't can't sort of capitalize on it. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, so finishing off, uh, one of the big highlights I think was that the the dogs kept um, uh, kept Essendon to a couple of points in the third quarter and and um, and even
0: the a- lowest score this season. So um, you know, from what was a really um, uh, unexpected rise over the year and an exciting style of play, big scoring Essendon team and um, the doggies were able to. Deliver them the, the the lowest score of um, of the season um, at their um, most critical time for them. So I think you're right to say that, that it, it looked like a, a top four team playing a bottom four team at the end mm-hmm. of the day, um, and the doggies certainly relished um, the uh, the conditions. were able to really put um, their hard hard nuts and hard bodies to bear in a contested uh, contest around the ground and um, raked up um, a huge amount of possessions. McRae thirty six disposals. Waitman. 12 disposals, four goals. Um, Dale, <clears throat> 19 disposals. Libertory, 35. Bontempelli 23 with you know, increasing numbers. Trelaw, 28. Um, and really, uh, as I said to you earlier, really great performance across the ground. DeRay was great. and Wood was great as well. English, um, um, serviceable. Um, Shaki um, and Hannon were um, real highlights um, as well for their games. And, and even, you know, um, those... Um, um, players like um, Rourke, Rourke Smith, um, were um, um, really serviceable as well. So there's no passengers in this game, a real team effort and really impressive performance at the end.
1: Um, yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I think sort of pointing out like Rourke's role as well, um, sort of coming in as a bit of a halfback flanker and just being able to uh, take that role on quite well and and sort of play that defensive role that was really needed um, and that sort of repositioning and moving the ball forward, I think was quite important that he did during that game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's that's sort of where we end up with the end. Um, but I think one of the, again, a couple of things to take note of was I think the first time the Dogs had played Sid, uh, sorry Essendon in the finals, I think for over 70 years, which was a big little moment. Mm, um, 50s, and, yep. and I think also the, the last, I guess, the... The most recent time that a, a club have been kept to no goals in the second half of a final, which I think was again around to the, around the 50s or 60s. I think the last time it was done, we think that Geelong did. I can't remember the year. Yeah, yeah I
0: think the, you're missing the key stat, which was um, 6,203 days, which is the uh, the, the streak of um, number of days that Essen hasn't um, won a finals yeah, uh, and- match for. Um, and I think there was, there was a bit of chatter from um, other, other supporters across the league that they'd be pretty upset if the Doggies would have let um, that um, huge um, losing streak end uh, with the game. So um, yeah. add another 300 to that, and we'll see how they go next year. Um, they haven't bounced back um, from um, finals losses in previous years, but um, I suspect um, with their young um, players and um, what they've shown this year, that they'll, they'll probably be in the mix of finals uh, come next year.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. They'll be pushing for uh, for a spot from six to eight. I think that's my little prediction there. Okay, so and I, uh,
0: I take you To um, um, we, we've been doing a bit of a bond watch, and, and we've we've noted that he's um, been a bit flat in the last couple of um, yeah. uh, rounds, and um, he's been working his way back into form. Um, but there's been a few um, awards that have been um, announced in the last couple of weeks, which have reflected what has been a stellar year for him. Um, and we've talked about you know him being a hot favourite for the Brownlow and, and for the rewards. And there's been a couple of um, awards and recognitions that have come through this week. Um, he's taken out um, the Lee Matthews Trophy as the AFL Players Association MVP for 2021. Um, he was um, a runaway winner, um, 1,076 votes, ahead of Sam Walsh, 423, and Gold Coast Took Miller, 411 um, and this award's voted by the players themselves. Um, and um, he uh, also claimed the Best Captain Award um, ahead of Max Vaughan and Jack Steele. Um, and the bond joins um, Voss and Judd as the only player to win the MVP Best um, Captain Awards in the same season, all at the young age of 25. Um, so mm-hmm. a real credit to him. Um, and I think the last, um, um, one to, uh, uh, last uh, winner of this award from the Doggy side was Luke Darcy um, in 2002 when he tied with Vossie. So um, a yep. real, yep. Yes. a real great award for him in recognition from his his players he, uh, he plays with and um, all teams um, that um, he's had an amazing season.
1: Yeah, absolutely, he has, and that's sort of the way that he started off. He's uh, floating in for the Goal of the Year nom- uh, nomination as well, so that's to sort of showing that the flair that he uh, he's, he possesses. Um, is just sort of just one layer of, of I guess, the, the quality of a player that he, that he is. There was a, um, a write-up from um, his former captain, uh, Bob, Bob Murphy, um, and he was just talking about the the, the gentle humil- humility that uh, Marcus Bonapalle sort of possesses Around the club, he's not in the way that he, um, I guess, takes prides himself in the way that he plays the game and the, and the way that he communicates with other and communicates with other members of the team. Um, and you know that, that that sort of shows the stature that he has, the, the professionalism um, of always, you know, the, the hard training that he does. Um, and there was one one comment that he sort of said was, uh, what, "When Marcus came to the club uh, back in uh, the 2013 draft." Um, after 10, 10 days of uh, greatness, I think you can sort of describe it. Um, uh, there were players, you know, players at the Bulldogs, you know, nudging each other and saying, "This guy went at number four. Hey, what, number one to three must have been really good." Then, but so yeah, well, he,
0: yeah. I mean, his 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 um, character and humility um, go back even further than that in terms of what you can find online in terms of his time at Marceline College. Um, and you look at um, some of his um, speeches or some of the things uh, that have been written up about him in his time at school um, and the beginning of his you know, professional um, career um, was—you know showed what a, um, a great person and a great leader um, he's been from a very, very young age. And um, for someone who's 25, um, to achieve what he's done today um, just shows that he's a, an out-and-out champion and um, someone hopefully will have many, many uh, more years to come in that. Um, that uh, that um, that role. Um, he also picked up um, all Australian selections this year, Marcus Bonde, pally McRae and, and Bailey Dale, um, all named in the team of 22. Uh, that's the fourth time for Bont, the third time for McRae and the first time for um, Bailey Dale um, and a recognition for uh, the performance of all those three. Um, Dale, um, particularly um, switching uh, to the back line um, has meant that he's had a, a stellar year, um, a, a real um, possession um, Magnet um, um, gains yeah. huge meters and um, yeah. um, his disposal highly efficiency is, is just incredibly high, high every game. So always count on him to um, get that um, that attack from the half back line back into into the mids and the forward line. um, Bondi Pally, um, um bit, we talked about it, a bit of a, um, a softer end of the year, but geez, he had a um uh, incredible year for winning mm. disposals, clearances inside 50s, 27, averaging 27 disposals, um, five clearances, six inside 50s, and more than 500 metres um, gain per game. Um, and um, also becoming a, um, a goal scorer for the Doggies as well, 26 majors over the home away season.
1: And that, um, and that was something and- that, that we sort of had a bit of a question mark for For Bunt was uh, he's, he's sort of finishing off in front of the six, um, and I think he must have had a bit of a focus this year to really take those uh, opportunities and really come back with the majors. And I think that sort of shows with his position on our club um, goal kicking sort of situation.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, um, we all love his um, shots from fifty, mm. um, but it's also him reading the reading the, reading the pack and those snaps. Um, we set plays on the boundary near our our, our goals. Um, that are truly inspirational, and um, as you say, um, you know, um, people just can't believe you know, some of his um, um, actions and some of his plays over over the season. I'm um, um, also worth giving um, acknowledgement to um, McRae, um Another huge um, season from him, um, mm-hmm. the ball magnet, um, and you'll be happy, you know, averaging over 33 possessions a game, um, four tackles, six clearances, and five inside 50s. Um, really really impressive um, um, performance again just um, an unheralded player and for the doggies but um, a, a real um, hard nut around the ball and um, a real um, key cog um, in our um, Rolls Royce um, engine room.
1: Absolutely and, uh, and I really do think um, McRae is going to go quite well in, in our end of year um, awards for the club as well I think he's He's, I think he will be pushing uh, Bond. I think for that uh, Charlie Sutton medal, um, just so the consistency of his uh, gameplay throughout the year, um, and the I guess the his efficiency of moving the ball around and and just just being a great ball magnet and just finding space, which is what he's been. You know, a good link player that he that he has sort of continued to be this year. Um, and we had some uh, 22s under 22s, Jakes, as well.
0: Yeah, Aaron Norton and Bailey Smith, um, again named for um, the um, AFL um, Players Association 22 under 22 team for 2021. Um, it's the third call-up for Norton and the second nod for Smith. Um, yep. And, um, you know, two of the, um, um, two of the most popular players Um, players on the team and um, um, really big performances from um, both of them this year. Um, Smith averaging 23 disposals, three clearances and three inside 50s um, per game. Um, A real flair, real um, um, speedy player. Um, Norton kicking 40 goals from 22 matches. Um, Ended up um, leading contested market for the Doggies and um, taking the most marks inside uh, 50 as well. So um, real credit to both those players and a real big future ahead for them as well. Um, and they're both looking good as we move into the finals campaign. the uh, bond also finished equal second in the AFL Coaches Association, AFL Champion Player Award, um yep. second to um Ollie Wines. Um I'm sorry, Clayton, second, Clayton second tie to Ollie Wines, mm-hmm. Clayton Oliver took out the awards, uh, 114 votes to 101 for Ollie Vines and the Bond. Um mm-hmm. that, that awards um, um is awarded by 18 coaching panels on a 5-4-3-2-1 basis for each home and away game and um, a real acknowledgement for outstanding efforts from individuals over the season.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's right. And um, it, it is really lining up, I think, for a, quite an interesting uh, Brownlow night in a couple of weeks' time um, just to sort of see where the, the votes fall. If, and you've got the Coaches Association um, with uh, Oliver 1 and, and uh, Bond two. And wines too, as well, um, and then you've got the play association, which have really acknowledged um, Marcus's, I guess, valuableness um, within the within the league. Um, so, how that sort of finishes off would be really interesting. It'd be re- interesting to see uh, what the end result is. You never know; they might be in, having to get three brown lows out and chuck them around all their necks. Um,
0: um, we, maybe Nick, we might jump to Bulldogs of um, um, Bulldogs, Legends of Bulldogs Past. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, so, um, and it was a bit of a um, a, a, a pick based on um, leading into a finals campaign. And um, we had a bit of a think about who you might want to um, reminisce about as we headed into another uh, finals campaign. Um, and then um, coincidentally, um, his name pop- popped up in local footy circles where he's been picked up by a local footy club as well. So, talking about Clay Smith, um, yep. born in 93. Um, Played for the Doggies and um, as a 180 centimetre, 78 kilogram forward, um, had um, seasons between 2012-2018, but only managed 55 games um, over that period due to um, um, a number of um, serious injuries, um, but kicked 43 goals and um, and warmly remembered for his 2016 finals campaign, drafted to the Doggies um, with the 17th selection in the 2011 draft. Uh, coming from the Gibson Power in the TAC Cup. Um, picked up the number 14 jumper, um, which had been vacated by Callum Ward um, with his move to Greater Western mm-hmm. Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, there, there is there, there is a joke that the players um, um, said to um, um, Clay that um, they're just replacing one cement head with another cement head. Um, okay. We uh, picked up the, the four, number 14 jumper, uh, a little bit cruel, um, but he made his um, debut um, on the... Um, in April 2012, an opening round match against the, the West Coast Eagles and um, set, set a um, huge and high standard for himself, um, gathering 13 um, possessions, kicking four goals, um, but had to be substituted off the ground because he just ran himself ragged um, by three-quarter time. It was um, um, cramping severely um, and, and probably points to his competitive and um, a real player with a lot of heart. Um, so his first game just actually went uh, helpful leather and um, sort of ran himself into the ground. Um, he ended up playing 16 games in th- 2012, um, and that's the most he actually would end up playing in, in a single season. Um, unfortunately, um, he suffered a series of knee injuries, which interrupted what would have been a, an incredible career. Um, mm-hmm. And we can only wonder what could have been um, in terms of what um, happened over subsequent seasons. He ruptured his ACL three times in the next three seasons, Um, And and that really robbed him the chance to really um, establish himself at the highest level in the AFL. Um, But what we all remember and love um, was his role in the 2016 Premiership team. Um, A
1: magical um, four weeks that he had. He just wrote. It's probably like the best um, four weeks of games, way of playing that he's he's sort of ever done during that time.
0: Um, Yeah, that's right. And just have a look at the stats over that final series versus West Coast 19 disposals, a goal. Uh, 12 contested possessions versus Hawthorne, 16 disposals, two goals, 10 uh, tackles and nine contested possessions. And then that um, best on ground performance against GWS, 26 disposals, four goals, eight tackles, 10 contested possessions. And then again, a a great game against Sydney, 13 disposals, a goal, 11 tackles and eight contested possessions. I I think, um, you know, um, you know, he probably played the best game of his life against GWS. Uh, and those, yeah,
1: was, those four, four goals as well jason that they were in the first half as well and, and that's that right, is, yes and that's just a blinding um half of football for a for a forward pocket player um with, with such a um sort of horrific week that he had leading up to that game as well um if you want to sort of share a bit about that it was yeah he lost like,
0: one of his mates um, yeah. um, um Day, dale wakenshaw um who um, he lost him following a a road accident in Darwin and um, certainly um, he had to go back and spend time for the funeral and and time with mates um, and then returned um, and uh, was given the option not to play but um, returned to play the game against GWS and um, as we recall kicked kicked the first goal and and then kicked four goals in the the opening half um, and certainly etched his name in in, uh, um, Bulldogs history with that performance. Um, and ended up um, getting the watch for best on on ground as well, and um, helped us um, break that terrible preliminary finals curse, um, playing like a man possessed. Um, even though he carried the burden of losing one of his best mates leading up to the game and through to the grand final uh, the following week. Yeah. Um, and I think um, you know when you look back on all of the highlights of that two thousand and sixteen um, uh, campaign, his, his um, as well as others, but his his uh, finals performance. Is a real standout. Um, but have a think about you know, those four goals, so he kicked in the prelim final, the first goal and the f- then the uh, first goal for the Doggies in the first five minutes. Um, um, he, he kicked the, sec- uh, first, the Doggies' first goal in the second quarter, nine-minute mark, mm. uh, mark, and then another goal uh, at 18-minute mark and then 30-minute mark. So really lit up the Doggies and, uh, with that performance. Um, and um, there was also, um, at the end of the third quarter, even though... Um, Was not a goal scorer in the end. He was part of that incredible chain um, that led to a Daniels goal in the last minute of the third quarter. And he was at the very end of that chain where uh, he and Griffin were going for the ball in front of the Doggies goal. Um, An incredibly hard crash and bump um, as both players tried to gain possession of the ball, which led to the the ball spilling into the hands of Daniels who snapped for a goal to put the Doggies within a point um, at the end of the third quarter. So um, you know, um, inspirational um, with his um, pressure, his his goal scoring, um, and in putting his body on the line—a real um, player of heart and and um, a real um, 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 true true footballer.
1: Uh, absolutely, and, and a real um real you know real great clubman. I think I think when you sort of go through the injuries that he had, that you know those three ACLs. Um, and that persistence, and, the, and that he sort of had to go through to get through all those ga- all those rehabilitation um, processes, uh, it was just a, a real pity on the way that his season finished off, and, and his, his um, retirement coming in 2018 was due to the, I guess, the weakness of all the tendons and and things like that around his uh, around his knee, uh, which basically meant that he he sort of had to retire. He just didn't have the strength anymore to do. Uh, to be able to run around um, at, at the level that he really wanted to. So it was really- yeah,
0: a real... It's a surprising um, comment you make because he's also popped up as a, a new recruit for the Point Cook Football Club in the WRFL, Nick. Um, yeah. A marquee player. Um, maybe um, um, put him on for a couple of quarters to see how he goes. I'm, I'm worried about him um, and his knees um, in terms of what um, he, he might be asked to do at the, uh, the local footy club.
1: Yeah, well, hope, hopefully, it's um, just a little bit of run around and, and kicking some sneaky goals in the forward line. Are we, are we happy to wave flags for him if that chance comes up? Um, yeah, so yeah, really, uh, really important player for the dogs. Um, one that will go down in, uh, in, in the annals of, of, our, of our amazing uh, 2016 uh, finals campaign um and one you know like one thing that i will miss is the uh, the, the way that uh, that clay was celebrating his goals after each one you know sort of stretching out his arms and and tensing all up which was i think just his little um guess mm-hmm. way of, of showing it off so uh, getting getting the guns out all stretched out type of thing
0: um so yeah, clay,
1: yeah so catch him uh, next year in the wrfl happy
0: see um, yes, have the same. um <laughs> want to um finish up Nick by um, um having a bit of a chat about um, the next final against Brisbane, um, we might save the AFLW legends until the next episode. Yeah. Um, but um, a big, big match, big semi-final coming up for the doggies with a trip to Brisbane. Um, looks like the uh, um, the team, the successful team, has been rolled over to um, this week with no changes. Um, do you think there's any late substitutions or or late moves that Bevo could bring on?
1: Well, there's there's a bit of rumblings about uh, Caleb. He's um, supposedly maybe a little bit sore. Uh, from training on uh, wednesday um so that's a bit of oh, sorry thursday a bit of rumors floating around and there's and it's sort of broken on on uh the afl website so that's a bit of a worry um i guess the big big sort of question is who would be if if he isn't available who will be um, sort of stepping up to take that that uh pinch hitting role that um that clay, and sorry, sorry, not clay. That's in the past. Um, that uh, Caleb has uh, getting you know, moving the ball around with such precision. Um, that's a really big question. Looking at who's on the emergency list, um, uh, it'd be quite interesting to see who, how, uh, how, um, how. Well, are you is- going to
0: pick? Are you going to go for Wallace, or are you going to go mm-hmm. for JJ, Anthony Scott? Um, mm-hmm. Zane Cordy's um, still sitting on emergency with. Um, um, He's spot taken by Ryan Gardner, um, yeah. but of those three, Wallace, Johansson or Scott, who, who, who picks up um, Daniel's well, spot if he's not fit?
1: Well, my heart sort of goes with Wally. I think it'd be nice to sort of get him in. If you do remember back uh, 2016, that was the year that he's, uh, his leg broke, so he missed out on that finals campaign. He hasn't had that opportunity, I guess, really since then with us. Um, so uh, Wally would be great to sort of come back in, he's, but but... I'm sort of thinking that uh, Scott might get the run. Um, He's uh, one of uh, Bevo's um, favorites uh, with the role that he plays. Um, and we're just still probably a little bit of shuffling um, to sort of just fitting fit in that gap that, uh, that Daniel sort of has in that halfback um, flanked sort of role that he has. Um, so so they, and where,
0: where, where, where do you think the match is going to be won, Nick, where they've got two stellar mids? Um, so Bond and Pally McRae, and rest of the company, up against Lockie Neal, Jared Lyons, and Zorco. Um, it's going to be a hell of a battle in that in that um, um, mid zone. Yeah. Who do you uh, think can um,
1: yeah. I, I, take one it, points? It, it depends on um, I guess how they uh, take on uh, Libertorion, um, whether or not they are going to um, sort of you know, tag him out of the game, uh, which has been quite effective on a number of times this season. Um, I think uh, Tom's sort play the way that he plays around the ball and the ability for him to sort of you know just get the ball out so so quickly. Um, that's sort of I think one that might be uh, one that that's that they may sort of target. Um,
0: There's a key stat here if he um if, if Lib is under twenty five disposals, um we've only won four yeah. out of um, four a nine, but when um, he gets over twenty five disposals, doggies. Uh, win 11 out of 13 so um, uh, him getting the ball um, is a key factor in us um, um, having a good chance to win Um, the other the other other stat that matters i think is just the clearance record um, across um, the center and the ground Um, and the doggies are are getting close to breaking even after a bit of a form slump in that area Um, but when we can win that count we're 13 13 wins out of 17 so um, it's that that battle in the middle is going to um, matter a lot on the night. Um, so hopefully the the engine is, is purring, and certainly the the signs from the Port Adelaide game and the Essendon game is that they're starting to pick up a bit of form in that area,
1: yeah, um, a and bit,
0: yeah. um, well supported by Hunter and Trelaw as well.
1: And also Dunkley, I think Dunkley's really found his spot again. Um, it was a bit of a, a bit of an up and down since he came back from his injury, his shoulder. Um, about his his role within within in finding that spot again and that fluency, um, and it's I'm really hoping that we get to see a little bit of Dunkley Trelaw love happening because we haven't seen it you know come out in through the four uh, for quite some time. So that's what I'm sort of hoping. Well,
0: he's, he's he spent a bit of time in in uh, in the centre contest um, late in the game for the um, um, game against Esther and I wonder it was it was a bit about tagging Parish. Um, but also giving him a bit of a run was good to see as well. And, um, you know, that tackling prowess that he displays and that hard ball get um, is something which could be, really helpful to give our mids a bit of a break as well.
1: Yep. And so what do you think What think's going to happen with, uh, with the ruck situation, Jay? So we're going to go again with with uh, Louis Young in, in the centre? Or- yeah, well, I mean,
0: he, um, we're getting um, smashed in, in, the, in the ruck contest and it's getting less and less of a smashing each week as um, um, Youngie um, gets warmed up with his role. Um, I think um, in the last game it was shared a little bit. Um, so we had um, um, English sharing the duties in the forward line and, and came coming in a little bit to help as well. Um, and I, I think that, that recipe is probably what is going to go for. As I said before, he doesn't give much credit or... Um, much time for you know winning the some um, It's the it's the centre clearances and it's the contested possessions that, that matter for Bevo. So I think they'll stick with the young and they'll they'll keep um, the options um, for English and Shaki to to move around the ground support or to become um, forward targets. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, thinking about how it's going to be going up in the gabba uh, forward line versus forward line. What what do you which way do you think they'll go? Um, We've got um, down down in uh, Brisbane's end. You've got uh, what's his name again? That big, tall, lanky-looking fella who didn't kick a goal last week, Joe Danaher. That's it. Um, oh, so yeah. got, oh, Joe. oh Joe. And
0: uh, well, he's got to come back, doesn't he? Um, first time he's been goals for um, the season. The um, last yeah. game and came up against um, you know that stellar All Australian backline. Um, so um, he's going to be. Um, desperate for um, for the opportunity to kick goals. Um, Charlie Cameron's going to be a real danger as well. So the question mm-hmm. about who goes to him, whether it's um, Woody again, Woody's had him a number of times, but maybe DeRay might be um, a better option. Um, he's very dangerous on the ground and in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, um, uh, you know that that, that um, th- those two players, you've got to take them out of the out of the contest now. The forward line options for goals, um, and then f- for the doggies themselves, they've um, they've got to get a good performance from Norton, um, and um, we've got to get um, Cody up again um, for one of his exciting um, uh, finals performances again, like he did last week to to get us in a good opportunity to win. It's not going to be um, the same. Um, you know, um, contest that was down in a windy, wet lawn system. Um, it's going to be a warm-up contest, and um, um, you know, save for a bit of rain, and I think it's going to be a, a real um, high-scoring contest between the two teams. And we've got to keep um, um, Brisbane under 90 points, and we've got to kick more than them. So um, it's going to be, uh, um, you know, a big contest between two big scoring teams.
1: Yep. So, um, so what's what's the prediction, Jason? Do you think it's uh, uh, straightforward, or or what what do
0: you think? I and mean, oh, I could oh, listen. I honestly, could go any either way, and then we're up against a you know a home ground advantage with um, Brisbane um, um, up and gab up, but you've got to um, give the doggies a chance with uh, their lifting form, and as I said, there's no passengers at the moment, and they're playing well, so um, it will be an upset if we can get up, um, but. Um, I'm, um, Predicting the doggies by a couple of goals.
1: Yeah, I, I'm leaning that way as well. I think that uh, our uh, midfield is just really kicking into gear now. I think we've got that that sort of consistency that we've been after for the last two weeks. Um, and I think that, uh, that that ball movement, which has sort of been a bit stagnant um, leading into the finals, um, I think we've really got that uh, ready to go again, um, so I'm, I'm going with the uh, with the dogs by a kick and a half. I think that's what I'll go with. I think.
0: Excellent. Uh, okay. Well, um, um, let's let's um, get get the couch ready, get the popcorn going, and hopefully we're we'll, we're in for a good show um, Saturday night um, with uh, the game in Brisbane. So fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. Did you hear that, Jace? That, that that's a siren. Um, so uh, that's that's about it from us. I think. Um, it's uh, me at the Edge of Suburbia Studios. Jase, I heard that you found the name of your edge of your own yeah, studio. It, yeah,
0: it took a couple of weeks, but the, it's coming to me now. It's called The Hangar. So we're out in Point Cook. Um, so um, out in The Hangar. Um, but I think um, you're, you're in the Outer suburban Studios, but you're in the social club room. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in, in the mate. social
1: club today. A little bit more space, a little bit rowdier. Um, and that's, uh, I don't mind the extra space. It's been a been a week of uh Claustrophobia. So I'm quite happy to sort of have a bit more room to uh, have a bit of a chin wag about the, the red, white, and blue. Um, so that's about it, um, uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, don't forget to follow us on uh, on Facebook. A couple, uh, to, a couple of drop ticks from the Wet Novel. Just do a search for that. Um, you can hear us all on Spotify and and Apple Podcasts and all those other good podcasting stations. Um, if you like what you hear. Go and share with a friend. We'd we'll love to have some extra people listening to us and rambling, helping us ramble about all this different stuff. Um, so that's about it for me, Jace. Uh, have a good night. Enjoy your bed. And uh, I'll chat to you later on. My little. Excellent. Baby. Go doggies.
0: woof. 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 Cut the bob out. They may build their ships miles now. Oh! bobbing up and down like this. But they can't be.